What is up, everybody? Tanner here. Episode 6 of Muscle Orchestra. First episode officially, first new episode officially, on the Violent People feed. And with me, as always, I have the lovely Chris. I'm lovely now. Interesting. Hey, and that's, hey. that's a high... Co- wow, Tanner, I'm blushing. If, if, you, if you can make it through... A double recording of the FK double ABTs. I feel like you deserve lovely. Yeah, everyone, everyone loves me talking about uh, Kaiji Muto, and I did. <laughs> I, I did, and I, we won. We we did. We, you know what? We won our battle. Yeah, the Mo- the Muda boys, the Muda boys were eating good. We we, we yeah we we. we yeah, we, I I have heard some comments from people that are like, "Holy fuck, I can't believe uh, Sam let that happen." We're like, uh, <laughs> "We're just stronger willed." What can what can we? Say? Yeah, we we are we are strong willed people. We are uh, beasts, so they say. Yeah, so so they say. Also, shout out uh, Skyler helping us. Uh, but we also have our first guest ever for Muscle Orchestra. Uh, we are also joined. By John, aka another spammer on Twitter. John, how are you doing? Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm doing well. It's uh, this time of year is always fun. Um, you know, catching up on wrestling matches and wrestlers that you uh might have missed in the prior year, and, and trying to get everything right so you have the you know the objectively correct uh you know year end ranking sheet out there, right? I mean, yeah, I I have felt like even so if you can't tell by the title of the podcast today, we're talking about violent people, 100 sort of our, some of our sleeper picks, somebody that because the deadline's not for another six weeks, this is coming out on the 31st, so it's not for like another six weeks. You have plenty of time to watch at least a match from, I think everybody will mention here today. And, uh, yeah, I, I've always thought even when Sam was doing the, the we don't know wrestling 100 chris took it over the chris 100 now it's the vp 100 i've always felt like it it never really it, it seems to capture a wider net than i think really any other sort of year in polling like i mean if you want like the rest of them tend to have their biases uh you know a rather that be AEW heavy wwe heavy new japan heavy I've always felt like it's been like a good consensus amongst the we don't know wrestling 100 Chris 100 then hopefully now the VP 100 which as somebody that has access to seeing the ballots I can firmly say this year (laughs) uh, it's fucking crazy yeah wide variety wide variety wide how many how many ballots do we have as of this recording 18? as of this recording unless one came in like 10 minutes ago we've got 18 yeah uh so, and okay. there are a lot of ballots from a lot of different people who have yet to submit so yeah like i like i haven't even submitted mine yet so and i know there's a bunch of people on the violent people discord server that hasn't i know a bunch of people that haven't so like i'm sure that's going to change but yeah so we're here today to talk about some just sleeper some sleeper picks, maybe somebody that went under the radar, maybe somebody whose matches only get uploaded to Mas Lucha and you don't really know about because Mas Lucha sometimes uploads 15 fucking videos a day and you just can't, who has the time 
to go through it. And I thought, who better than John to come and be that like indie lucha representative that so many people that vote on the poll like this tend to, you know, love, but maybe they don't know exactly where the hotness is this year or 2023. So that's what we're here today to do. Yeah, I'm I'm really amped up about it. I I know uh the names that John is going to be pushing today. Um and they're very similar to people that I want to be pushing and uh definitely definitely guys who are underseen. I feel like uh yeah, especially indie lucha. CMLL has had quite a bit of a resurgence in the past yeah. year. Uh I would say Lucha in general, like it, it seems like there was more just a widespread push for Lucha in general last year. Like, I mean, several CML matches placing very high on what are usually AEW New Japan heavy polls and like C- multiple like CML matches or CMLL wrestlers landing in that, you know, top 10, top 15 place. Is is really cool, and I, you know, I think it's well deserved. I think CML was a really hot product last year, but there's just always the guys that fall under the radar for whatever reason, and uh, I, yeah, that's what we're that's what we're here to talk about today. And it's not just going to be lucha, but I I will go ahead and preface probably going to be a fairly lucha heavy episode. Yes. Um. So I don't I don't know exactly how you I don't know if we want to go like roundtable and like. John says somebody and talks about it. Chris, you say somebody and talk about them and I say somebody, or if we just kind of want to lay it all on the table. Yeah. I was, I was thinking of, uh, alternating a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I think that works. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll start because I think I'm, cause I, I kind of made up my mind. That I was like, y'all watched way more indie Lucha last year, a much wider variety than me. I would say I actually watched probably more than I usually do last year just wrestling in general, but especially like I try to pay a lot of attention to Lucha. Um, but I have some fellas that I would like to highlight. And I think the first person or people I'd like to highlight come from all Japan. <laughs> Surprise. Oh, I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to give a shout out to the, to the Saito brothers, um, June Saito and Ray Saito. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I wasn't huge on them pre-excursion during their excursion and even like post-excursion and i never thought i would say this but joining the the voodoo murderers really amped up their act and they really leaned into being like this classic foreign monster heel tag team and last year they i mean they just had a hell of a fucking run they had a great real world tag league um, both of them individually were actually great in the champion carnival. So I think that also helps their case, but like even just on like all Japan house shows, like their act got so over, I would argue and say they they may be the second or third most over act in all Japan last year, probably behind Kento and, and maybe Yuma, but like I could, I could see them passing Yuma even. And like if you would have told me even two years ago, hey, the Saito brothers are gonna wrestle a 47 minute tag match and you're gonna fucking dig it. I wouldn't have believed you. But it's I, really it's really fucking good. So 
I gotta ask, who are these guys? I'm looking them up. Why are they th why are they 37 and just starting now? I couldn't tell you. Like, I think they you know what? That's a great question. Uh <laughs> I think they They were sumo. Yeah, okay. Uh, they, yeah, well, they were su yeah, they were sumo and I I I they they're Japanese American twins. Um, but they were sumo, so they got into it late. I'm trying to see when they actually became wrestlers. Cause I see Ray didn't even retire from sumo till September 2017. And it looks like they made their debut June 9th of of 2021. Which I definitely thought it was after that. But regardless. Um yeah, they, they just had a great... Their running Gleet has been awesome. They're the current G-Infinity tag champs. Uh, okay. And they're just they're just really fucking fun. Um, and I, I highly recommend, like, ch checking it. I, I feel like they just tap into a style that's not... Nobody in Japan ever really does extreme... Like, I think, to me, they're like a better Killer Elite squad... Um, mm. so I, I just really dig them. They do a bunch of choke slams. They scream. They hit the shit out of people. Like their chops are probably some of the loudest chops I've heard in wrestling last year. And yeah, they're just extremely over. And, uh, yeah, I, I think everybody should really tap in and watch. If you don't like, I'm, I'm not going to point you and say, if you watch one match from them, it should be the 47 minute tag match. Uh, but just watch any of their matches from the real world tag league. And I think you'll come away with something fun or both of their runs in the champion carnival. Like I said, are full of bangers. Um, I, th I think my, probably my favorite match from them in the champion carnival June wrestled Cyrus on like the first or second night. Uh, and it's one of the most fun matches of the year. Cause like four minutes, it's fucking awesome. But yeah, I, I highly recommend checking them out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge All Japan guy, uh, but I I did watch uh, that Cyrus match as part of prep for the award show, and that is a pretty fun, pretty fun match. Um, I like just stylistically, they do bring a little something, something a little different from like kind of your All Japan main event that you might want to gloss over mm -hmm. um do they work not really my thing but i i i would probably wa rather watch them than a lot of other guys in the company oh yeah definitely what was that john do, you do they something? work like a little more uh a little more heelish rule breaking and stuff because uh i didn't know voodoo murders was back around in all japan well and, uh, when i used to keep up on japanese wrestling i, I enjoyed that stable a lot so, so just a little bit of a background. They were back. Suwama was the leader and they turned on Suwama probably late spring, like right after, because there was a whole like little mini Noah invasion in all Japan in the, in like in the late spring, early summer, uh, like Kino and Manabu Soya won the tag titles. Um, okay. and then they turned on Suwama. So now really the voodoo murder murderers are like just them. <laughs> uh it's, it's not like occasionally like a 
like uh Kona will come in, but it's not very often. But yeah, they're uh it's a super fun act. They actually have some trios matches with Suwama in the early part of the year. Um they have one actually against the New Japan Lions. It's against Fujita, Oya, and uh Nakashima. That's fucking incredible. Like the heat in that match, it, it's on an all Japan show. So but weirdly enough, like the New Japan guys are getting cheered because they are just like actually beating the fuck out of these young lions. And it's oh, right. But yeah, check them out. All, All right. right. Well, Chris, Chris or John, whoever wants to take up the mantle. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give a quick shout out to Tank. Hell uh, yeah. Yeah. I I feel like you got like we have some Tank appreciators here. Uh, one of one of the guys I was thrilled that like he retired a few years ago, and then like. Uh, during the pandemic, he started uh, working a little, like a little occasionally, mm-hmm. and now he's like working pretty regularly again. But fifty-three-year-old, uh, hardcore and a deathmatch guy from uh, the southeast, uh, big, big old guy with a with a beard, bald head and a big beard, and yeah, also has uh, been wrestling forever. Yeah, wrestling forever. <laughs> Um, I, I think he had a really cool year with, um, what, like he was a, like when he worked, uh, I want to spotlight, especially there's a match, uh, with Mad Dog Connolly, uh, who is another, another guy. If you have not checked out much Mad Dog Connolly from, uh, 2023, you should, uh, it's from July in TWE Chattanooga, uh, and they Great go promotion. yeah, and they go seven seven eight minutes, and it is just guys beating the hell out of each other. Um, great match with Matt Tremont in ICW, no holds barred. Yep, same building, um, the, the TWE yeah. building. <laughs> Yeah, he tends to work uh, GCW or ICW if they uh, come to Tennessee or Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, solid deathmatch with Janela. Uh, solid and... deathmatch with Janela in a state that doesn't allow bleeding, I think. Is, yeah. It's okay. also uh, very... Because you Alabama is a no-bleed state, no deathmatch state. So for them to have that match in Alabama and actually do it well, I think, was very impressive i think that's actually a, a big kudos to both of them yeah and, and tank is a guy who's worked like obviously worked alabama a decent amount just because he's he's one of the stalwarts of uh the southeast scene so he he knows how to do it and he just like knows exactly what notes to hit and how to do a hardcore match without uh, getting negative attention from the athletic commission. Uh, and so that that's an extremely fun match. Uh, worked Thatcher in the SCI. Yeah, that was that was fun. Great. Uh, another July July match with Mickey Knuckles and 
Yep, uh, I was there live for that one. That fucking ruled. Yeah, that that's a sick match. And Tank, like, if you're looking for your big deathmatch guys, and you're kind of going outside of the realm of okay, I've I've seen all of Tremont stuff. I've seen uh, Rule. I've seen uh, your Eric Ryan's and stuff like that. You should definitely check out Tank because. Uh, he's 53, but he's still really going strong, and he's just always a welcome addition to any card he's working. Yep. Yeah, like, I actively get excited every time I see, like, Tanks Wrestling. Like, I'm actually really excited because ICW's running Tennessee again in April, and I'm like, oh, I know that's going to guarantee, like, two really fun tank matches live. So it's all it's always just, like, a treat to be able to see, like, a guy like that. Also, one of my favorite tank bits from last year is he won a match with, he might have won multiple matches, but there's one sticking out in my head that he won with like a spinning toe hold, which is just fucking sick. I'm just like, hell yeah. Like, let's let's do it. Um, also is willing to bleed buckets in states where he's allowed to, which uh, also got to give a shout out for. Yeah, yeah for uh, sure. Tank's definitely one of my favorite guys that I never watch. He, they did do that War Games match back in the summer. Um, was that TWE? Yeah, that was that was TWE. Yeah, that was fantastic. That was fantastic. Tank and Derek Neal and and Don the Dragon Wilson and a whole bunch of guys I'm not really familiar with, but, but they were all really good in that match. Yeah, honestly, like TWE is like the the hotbed of like them in action. I think are the two hotbed Southern indie promotions. Are really <clears throat> keeping the the feeling alive uh, after Southern Indies kind of had that like mid 2010s resurgence, and then uh, AWE just decided they never wanted to release any of their footage for fucking anything. So you had to go to the fucking middle of Atlanta to see their stuff. Um, but yeah, they they have really kept the feeling alive. But like Tank it, again, like even coming back post retirement. And is just like going on like the fucking Terry Funk deathmatch run is fucking awesome. And yeah, I'm very appreciative. And also he's just like a super nice guy, like from the little I've gotten to talk to him. Not that that should influence where you place them on your violent people 100, but you know, yeah. A, in work added bonus. in, in ring work only. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I, yeah. Don't, don't vote on the people giving you scoops. Uh, so I'll I'll mention uh, the guy who's probably my 2023 wrestler of the year, Avisman from uh, mainly Lucha Means. He worked IWRG a little bit this year. Uh, Avisman has been around forever. Um, he's a IWRG sort of lifer, although, like I said, he, he doesn't work there as much anymore. Uh, he I think he got fired for a minute years ago, uh, but he's slowly started popping up more and more. But he's working uh, what they call Yave's matches, right? So these real mat work-based matches. And I don't know. So I was really checked out on uh, wrestling for most of 2023. I, you know, kept up with stuff here and there, but wasn't watching nearly as much as I did. And then uh, a couple weeks ago, I was like, well, let me catch up on what Avisman was doing in Lucha Memes. And his match for Solar from October 21st, that's my match of the year. It's 
just a perfect back and forth uh, Yave's mat work match where they're just take you know just going after each other, grinding limbs into the mat, really stretching each other out, and really selling both uh, the the damage they're doing to each other and just the exhaustion from doing that. Uh, just really, really, really amazing display of what mat work wrestling can be. Um, and so he he did this all year. Uh, he did it, like I said, the Solar match, uh, match versus uh, Judas in IWRG in September. Um, this match versus Steelheart in Lucha Memes in, in November. Uh, Rory Reyes in Lucha Memes. That was apparently his trainer. Uh, so uh, really, if you like mat work, if you like guys out there grabbing holds and just grunting and sweating, uh, this just perfect stuff. And then, but he did mix it up a little bit. Um, he had a match versus Demus in September in uh, Lucha Memes, and it starts off like that. But then they just get to punching each other in the head, uh, which is always good stuff. And then uh, he also had a it, when he was in IWRG in, in in the beginning of the year in March. There's a tag match: him and Cerebro Negro Jr. versus uh, John Tito and Noisy Boy. And it's just a fun little spotty sort of thing, but it shows that, I mean, he, 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 he is versatile. I mean, he used to be more of a spotty guy, but it, what really showed this year was him just being allowed, Lucha Memes giving him the, the, the showcase to, to do these Yaves matches, these, you know, Matwork stuff. And I, like, he's been doing it for a few years now. It's been great, but I don't know. He, he's had three matches, four matches this year that are just all time classics of, of the style. Yeah, also, he uh, he was someone like uh, Lucha Memes, like I think had a really solid year as like one of the indie lucha promotions to watch, and a big a big part of that was what Obvious Man was doing. Like if you saw him on a like if I saw him on a card, I had to check it out. That like that Solar match is just incredible mm-hmm. what what they're doing uh the steel heart like steel heart match is right like really close to it in my opinion and yeah roy reyes who uh, like had i think he had a couple other matches in uh in the promotion but like pitch perfect with obviously yeah. and like yeah, if if you're a person listening to this and like you're when you're watching CMLL, you're checking out the Hechicero and you're checking out the old man virus matches, like you need to be watching Obvious Man when he's making yeah. tape. Or even that um um what was that match? That Gintaro versus um Arai match, you know, something like that where Yeah. Just, just guys just grinding on each other, uh, you know. The, you, you, you don't see that as much. I mean, I don't know. You, Timothy Thatcher will get to do it here and there. It, it's a style though that you don't get as much in, in I feel like in American wrestling, or at least not on a, on a bigger level. Yeah, uh, but, but and Lucha means you know, like, like you said, uh, you know they've been around for years now. A year or two ago, they sort of fell into this, you know, bringing in U.S. indie guys and stuff, and it just wasn't clicking as much for me. You know, they can do whatever they want, but it just wasn't for me. But yeah, the last half this year, uh, 
I don't know. They just really turned around, and and, and obvious mind is obviously a huge part of that, like you said. Hell yeah. It also has that classic, like, luchadors, like, oh, he's not even 50 yet, but he's been wrestling for yeah. over 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he might. Is he not 50? He, 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 he he's close. Be. I think he's 48 close. or 49. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's been around since like the nineties or something. Yeah, else. he's been around <laughs> since before I was born, which is yeah. fucking nuts. <laughs> All right, but hell, yeah, I know, I definitely know, like especially, I I know Chris has him fairly high. Um, and John, you just said he's your wrestler of the year. Definitely <laughs> feel like the people that have watched the Avisman stuff are like really fucking into it. It's like, oh, this guy was like one of the best in the world last year, so. Def, definitely go out. Uh, I haven't seen every match that John has listed here. John has like eleven different matches from him. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, there's a few. But the but the Solar match and the Steel Heart match are both like very very fucking good. I wish I would have watched the Solar match before we did the award show, Chris, just because I would have went to bat for it a little. Um, but yeah, just didn't i didn't fit it in in time i i just watched it last week but it, it's fucking incredible all right are y'all ready for my next person for sure it's all, yeah. already already somebody we kind of mentioned i just wanted to give her a shout out uh it's, it's gonna be mickey knuckles um so gotta see her live twice uh got as I mentioned, saw the tank match. It's so much fucking fun. But the night before at pit fighter 17, I think it was, um, which in the TW, if you've never have seen like the ICW pit fighter shows, it's essentially like a death match in a dog pin is what is what it is in the TWE arena. Like it, it is a dog pin. It's not a steel cage. Um, it just has this real gritty feel to it. She had a, a match with uh, Peyton Blair, who I was unfamiliar with. I don't think she's been wrestling too awful long. Um, and it's fucking gnarly. Like, there's a part where Mickey Knuckles legitimately takes, like, a clump of her hair out with a drill and, like, scalps her. It's, it's really fucking gnarly. Um, but Mickey Knuckles also secretly had the best match at WrestleMania weekend. Um, at the ICW show in New Jersey, um, at No Holds Barred Volume Forty Four with Lufisto, that I'm shocked that people don't talk about more because it's it's in my top ten for the year. That and the Peyton Blair match are in my top ten. I know I'm going to get shit. Oh, isn't your top ten like twenty five matches? These are my, I have ranked them my top ten, and both of these are in the top ten. So not so much of a quantity taste or quantity case, but the quality is so fucking high. Like every time you watch Mickey knuckles, you're getting like baseline really fucking good. But those three matches in particular are like next level. Great. Specifically the Lufisto and the Peyton Blair matches are just really, really fucking good. I highly, highly recommend them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Michael, Mickey knuckles is, uh, one of the, one of the great veterans in the hardcore scene. And, just like you, you know, you're getting something pretty sick out of her. 
uh, when she works. And yeah, it took me it took me a while. Uh, I think we talked briefly uh, about that Mickey Knuckles Lufisto match when we did our WrestleMania weekend episode. Yeah. And Even though it technically wasn't a part of the weekend because they just ran ICW in New Jersey that weekend. And I, where was Mania last year? Texas or something? It, it wasn't in the area. Yeah, there was like a, there is like a, like East Coast like death match weekend that they yeah. kind of built around it for for IWTV, and that is definitely the highlight of that weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I'd put that against any match from WrestleMania weekend. Um, but yeah, Mickey still killing it. I, I, I know there kind of being like ebbs and flows of when she gets her hype. Like I know the Sadika series a couple of years ago got like a lot of like hype around her, but I feel like since then she hasn't been talked about as much, but yeah, just the, the, the those three matches I mentioned, go out and watch them. They're not super long, um, but I think you'll come away with like, man, Mickey Knuckles still like fucking rocks. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad to hear you mention her because she is a longtime favorite. And um, no, you're right. Like, I feel like she hasn't been talked about this that much for 2023. And I'm looking at the matches and she worked ICW a ton. She worked uh, XPW a ton. So I don't know what, you know, just people just didn't want to talk about those matches or something. I don't know. But they they all sound excellent, like you said, especially Lufisto, yeah. Yeah, I actually just saw she worked. She worked fucking tournament of death. I didn't even know that. <laughs> I did, like I pulled up her cage match and she worked CZW last year, which I don't know who's watching CZW. Now, yeah, but. see, like, <laughs> unfortunately, like CZW is kind of in the weird place it is, but mm-hmm. uh, like I know, like that tournament of death card is kind of the most classically CZW card they've run in a while. Yeah. And so you get, you get some of the people like Mickey Knuckles going out for it. Yeah. And she, I mean, she worked a good bit last year, like according to cage match, I'm seeing like 34 matches. There's a good variety there. Yeah, but a- th- Those three matches in particular that I mentioned are, are definitely the ones worth seeking out. All right, Chris. Who, who All right. you got? Uh, so we we brought uh, brought him up a little bit. Uh, John did uh, when talking about Obvious Man and talking about specifically uh, from another scene people who work similarly. Uh, Gentero, uh, who has actually traditionally done very well uh, when I was running the Chris One Hundred poll. Because mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of Gentero freaks. I know a lot of people who have been preaching the gospel of Gentero for years and years. And uh, like I don't think 2023 was necessarily his best year as a worker. He's, I mean, he has been working for 25 years. And uh, like a stalwart of your in like Japanese indies, especially freedoms. Uh, but this year he got a the match he had uh, with Kenichiro Arai in uh, Mutoha at 
the start of the year, a lot of people saw that best two out of three falls, uh, which, like John was saying, is just two, uh, two veterans around 50 years old just kind of laying out every every trick in the book as technicians that they know. Uh, and Gentaro is just always a highlight when you watch him. He is a technical master. He is never working the same match twice. Uh, even though the vast majority of his matches are undercard tags, he is always bringing it. He is just an innovator is the only word I have for him because he will just break out crazy holds and uh, reversals that will blow your mind. And he, he will do it on just the first or second match on a freedom show, uh, which so many people tend to skip because it's, Oh yeah, this is just like the undercard tag with uh, Gentaro and some like some young lions or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like, you should you should be checking out Gentaro. Like, if you were someone that like saw that match with Arai and dug it, like he is doing that when he has an opportunity to wrestle because he. He just had it feels like he just has a love of the craft and just wants to showcase that wherever he gets the opportunity. Uh, like he works with Takaiwa as either a tag partner or a rival in the ring a lot. Uh, and there's a match from February where it's uh. Gentro and Takaiwa versus Mammoth Sasaki and uh, Takashi Sasaki. That's really good. Uh, I I still have yet to see uh, some of some of the matches he was working that I kind of put on the wayside. But it's just like. It's just like even when like GCW is doing their little Japanese tour at the like there's a match where like Gentaro is going against Alley Cat and I'm or I'm just okay. kind of like what is what is Gentaro going to do against like Alley Catch and Effie <laughs> like because like I might not be the biggest Alley Alley Catch uh fan in the world not a big bossy guy. I'm I mean I I like Effie. I I think I think they're definitely talented and I think that Gentaro is going like going to give them something interesting. Like he is always he's always a worker who's going to give you something interesting uh whether it's against the Brahmins or some someone from Japan you've never heard of or uh an Affier and Alley Catch who's just passing through. He just wants to like work his style and he makes 
he makes his opponents look great and he's he's just a phenomenal worker who uh had like just hasn't had the people in his corner enough in years past and i think that's starting to change and that's awesome yeah i told i i think that i think a big proponent of that is that mutua match like being made available because un- until those matches were being sold the only way you could get that match is if you bought the dvd and I think there was like one person I knew on Twitter that had the DVD prior to it going on sale. And yeah. I and I don't think they knew how to rent DVDs. So like, and then that match goes on sale for like 300 yen, which or 333 yen, which is like a fucking buck 50. And it's, yeah, it's absolutely incredible. I, I like Gintaro is definitely somebody, if you don't like that style, I don't think he's going to change your mind. But I do appreciate the fact that he is going to work that style against fucking whoever. Like, I just love that he works the same on a Mutua show that he does in the second match on a Freedom show, which is, you know, primarily deathmatch fed. Like, I, I love that. I wish he would, I, I wish he would show up more in like these weird sort of spots that semi make tape occasionally. Um, he would. He would be so good if, uh, like if Henry Project started booking him, he would be yeah. so good in like that. Yeah, it blows my mind that because like Tenru Project does book like, I mean they book Arai. Uh, they book Arai. They book Katayano. Yeah, Katayano. Another. Uh, I mean Hikaru Saito was like their is like their ace. So like it, he seems tailor made for that promotion, and it blows my mind. Like I don't know if he just doesn't want to like travel to work Tenru Project runs, <laughs> but yeah, uh, he he would do fucking phenomenal on those shows. But yeah, he every time he pops up, I make sure to at least check him out because at, at the bare minimum, it's going to be like eight minutes, but it's going to be like an entertaining eight minutes. Yeah, I uh, I saw Gintaro live this stuff that more in twenty twenty three. I was at the um, Pro Wrestling 666 show at Korakuen that had him in some big, I don't know, it was like 10 people tag match or something. Uh, so, you know, he did his thing. It was still fun to see. Junkasai was in the match. I don't remember who else, some other guys. I didn't even know you went to Japan last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I only, that's the only show I went to. I've, so I've seen, I've seen Gintaro live twice. I saw him Hell at yeah. that show. And then I saw him uh, like 20 years ago at a, uh, Eagle Pro Show. Fuck he yeah. Was nasty, nasty Black Panther, right? But yeah, he's always been a guy. I don't watch enough of him. He's always been a guy, though, that, like Chris was saying, just, uh, you, you can, uh, there's just so much, it seems like he puts so much thought into what he does. He makes, he makes everything fit so well together in a way, uh, you know, guys like, like Brian Danielson or Hedgesero or guys like that, that they, whoever they're against, they make, they make it seem like they're really struggling against this guy and all, but also working well against him. Uh, it's just a, you know, fantastic approach person. Chris heroes, you know, some guy like that, right. That they don't want the same style, but they seem to have the same approach to it. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. Like, uh, Gentaro is a guy who is like watching, he, you know, he's watching the tapes and he, know, he, he's doing his research on his opponents. Like, in a way where like he's working someone and you know, he's 
he's got the notes and he knows how he wants to work his match against this opponent. And that is so cool. Yeah. Like he's not, he's not working it within his formula. He's, he's working it like for this one occasion. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it makes for the type of match where it just all seems more organic and works together, right? It's not, it's never, oh, here's Gintaro's spots, here's, you know, like you said, Effie's spots or whoever, right? Uh, it's always it's always a match happening. It's not taking turns getting their stuff in. Absolutely, absolutely. Hell yeah, I think I think that's a great show. And yeah, he, he usually has pretty good showings in, especially once you took it over in the Chris 100. So hopefully this year, especially with him having like an actual like, pretty hyped match in the RI match maybe you know hopefully we'll have a pretty decent showing yeah and that, i can't stress enough that RI match that's an all-time great match that just i don't know i mean i love that i love when 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 it's just two guys out there struggling and what what's that like 30 i mean it's long right it's like 30 minutes long like oh you it's like, you don't it's know longer how it's an yeah. hour it's it's 61 minutes yeah <laughs> it's okay yeah well it flies by and it's just i mean yeah, that's the thing when you like this, I was talking about you know these obvious man matches. It's the obvious stuff. I mean, that's like ten minutes tops, right? Like fifteen minutes. It for them to go out there and really get the, I mean, an hour of, of just them struggling and grunting and grabbing. I you no one gets to do that. It's just fantastic stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. All right, John. I think we're I think we're ready for your. Next sleeper hit pick, not hit. Uh, so the next guy I'll talk about is, I guess I'll we'll change the style a little bit. Is uh, Wotan, uh, perennial favorite deathmatch guy from Mexico. Um, he sort of comes and goes uh, in terms of like showing up on stuff, but he seems to, I guess, maybe move to Mexico City. Uh, he's been there pretty regularly uh, the past two years or so. You know, maybe he's lived there for a while. I don't know. Uh, but I feel like he you didn't see as much of him as you have maybe the past few years. But he and Demus had a match back in uh, March in Zona 23 in the junkyard. And it's, again, I mean, this is an all-time great match. It's just so nasty, so violent. Uh, just two guys out there just, pun- just punching each other in the head for real, rolling around in the dirt, biting each other, scraping at each other. Uh, it's got a sort of bad finish but this is you know lucha indie stuff with two big stars so i'll i'll take it yeah of course it does <laughs> exactly i'm i'm numb to the, that sort of thing by now um but he had a he had a good year i mean that match helps like i said that, that that's probably my number 2 of the year it's fantastic stuff he had a solid year though um he was teaming he teamed with uh, impulso a few times and i think they're like cousins or something uh, so he had some fun matches doing teaming with him. Just again, hardcore stuff. Um, in uh, a lot of he's been working um, this AVE promotion in, in Arena Lopez Mateos. So um, there was a good one. It was uh, July twenty second in Arena Lopez Mateos. Wotan and Pulso Obscuro versus Belial, Terry Bulldog, and Chicanito. Belial is also related to Impulso and Wotan. Um, just a really, you know, guys brawling around the arena type of stuff, but just really, really, really fun. You know, Wotan's good for smashing bottles and cutting guys with them, and just, just 
this sort of out of control feel. Um, he had there's uh, two good matches uh, with um well the one the the better one is from September same arena Lopez Mateos is September 30th Wotan Ciclope Miro Extremo versus Fresero Jr. and the Tromas uh, again just you know bloody brawling you know headbutting each other ripping masks going stuff like that that sort of led into this feud with the Tromas that's leading up to this. Uh, mask match happening on in, in, in this weekend in February, but but Wotan's year. I mean, it, the thing is, he just you didn't used to make a lot tape a lot, and I mean, you get what you're going to get from him. He's out of control. He does nasty headbutts. Uh, he stabs guys with beer bottles. Uh, he will get punched in the head and punch guys in the head. He'll take very 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 reckless chair shots. Uh, you just get this out of control brawling you know, chaos with him and it showed up on, on, on YouTube, you know, enough this year that he's going to be pretty high on my uh, 2023 list for, for, for wrestler of the year. Yeah. I felt like we kind of ate good with Wotan this year. I felt like he made tape. Like it feel like he didn't pop up anywhere until the Damus match, but then like really starting in the summer, we mm-hmm. were getting like two Wotan matches a month for the rest yeah. of the year, which is way more than we, we we usually get. I feel like, um, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like I said, it's that Arena Lopez Mateos, uh, that AVE group. Uh, yeah, yeah I, guess, I don't know what, I, you know, I don't know much about these promotions, but also secretly the best venue in Mexico for my money's worth. Arena Lopez Mateos. <laughs> it's a good one. There's been some uh, very classic matches there, as far as you know. Indie wrestling goes, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I I'm a huge I'm a huge Wotan guy. I think one of the reasons the past couple years he hasn't shown up a ton was he was dealing with some health stuff for That's, a while. Yeah, you're uh, right. You're right about uh, that. Uh, which I believe uh, was just another uh, thing that stopped the. Uh, Apuestas he was going to do with uh, Theo de Fishman, uh, which we'll, I guess we'll see what happens in the trauma match. But I hope one day we get an Apuestas between Wotan and uh, Theo de Fishman because they would like right before the pandemic and a little bit in 2020, 2021, when they were able to get in the ring with each other it was always just like the two demonic chaotic wrestlers beating the shit out of each other and just mm. like one of the most lightning in a bottle pairings that you could get and unfortunately just circumstances continually uh delayed that but yeah wotan that I can't praise that Damus match enough. Uh, and like the matches leading up to this uh trauma puestas, like some of them some of them are like better than others, but in every one of those matches, Wotan is the star. He is that chaotic presence who is just on a war path to just 
establish dominance and destroy everyone in his in his way and he is such a unique presence uh that makes like he's one of the guys that makes sitting in the Mas Lucha and uh, uh Estrella's Dowering like their YouTube minds he makes it worth it because you're you're catching these matches and it's always such a treat mm-hmm. and like even for like as in the bubble as we are like it's still extremely hard to like know about lucha indie in advance like it, it really seems like it's served to us like oh fuck uh, a new Wotan match like you didn't even know it existed you just see it pop up in your like subscriptions one day and you're like hell yeah uh I always love that. And yeah, you there's such like the baseline for Wotan is just like really fucking good. And I mean, like uh, truly in like a all time great, like re- like just with the little bit that we have on tape of him, like relatively like just everything that comes out is it is at least really good. But like he has provided some absolute fucking classics. And like, yeah, like last year, the the Demos match is definitely like the the classic that he had last year and like i'm excited to see like how how this apuestas match goes uh with trauma and what what else he does this year because like we already have a, a match from him on tape this year and january is not even over i'm like oh my god like yeah spoiled <laughs> i think uh we were when we were talking about guitaro a second ago and sort of you know guitaro uh wrestlers like that that sort of are students of the game and, and, and are so good at making, you know, they have their spots, but so good at fitting their spots into other people's, you know, matches or formats or whatever, and making it all flow together. Uh, and that's just, and, you know, guitar, Brian Danielson, you know, whoever, uh, fantastic stuff. Wotan is the opposite where it's sort of like, I mean, his spots are punching somebody, headbutting somebody. Right. And, and he, but he still makes it work with anybody. Cause can't go wrong when you do that, right? You can't go wrong breaking a beer bottle over a guy's head. And he's, he, that's, you know, that's the testament to his greatness. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Also, when you're just really punching guys, like yeah. they're, they're forced <laughs> to react. <laughs> um, All right. Well, I think kind of sticking with this like student of the game thing, I want to highlight somebody that uh very familiar i i think with people that listen to this but maybe if you're not uh because they actually wrestled a lot more than i realized last year uh i want to shout out daniel makabe um somebody that has you know really kind of blown up in our little bubble niche in probably in the last five years but has consistently been killing it forever at this point and you know 2024 he's retiring but last year he wrestled nine. He has 19 matches on cage match. So I, I assume that's, that's probably what he wrestled, but like think almost all like I've seen at least 15 of these and all of them are really fucking good. I was at the Adam priest, uh, match live, which that was, that was a mystery show. It was the first action show I ever went to the card was not announced. And, uh, the main event starts, and I'm like, well, obviously it's gonna be Adam Priest for somebody. And but fucking Makabe comes out first. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Like, or how do you not announce that? Like, I remember like looking at Matt in the building, and I'm just like, what the fuck? 
and like that match like has been in my top five all year um and stayed in my top five all year but like just highlighting some of his other stuff like he had a really great match with billy starks at the end of the year mm-hmm. in action um both his matches with artemis spencer one in the summer yeah one in july and the one in december were really fucking good um he had two matches in twe that were really fucking good he had a tag match uh where uh excuse my pronunciation skied skade uh was on the other side that's a ton of fucking fun uh i mean the the, the nicole matthews match from dusk pro fucking rules I mean, just like every time he like was on tape, and like I said, I think the majority, if not all, of these matches did make tape. Um, just really fucking good, and like <laughs> I, I like I get why he's retiring, and you know he's retiring and everything, but I'm like, man, 2023 was a really fucking good year for you. Um, and uh, I'm gonna hate to see him go, but man, like his last full year wrestling, uh, fucking rocked. Like his 2023 was was really fucking solid and i i think if he's because I, I he didn't really wrestle much during like hardcore covid times but like 2023 he really came back and like really put over a lot of people on his way out and uh i really appreciate that and yeah it, it, he he made everybody look better last year yeah makabe is just i he's an unfortunate like kind of victim towards a lot of things because he was he was just a backyard like he is just this interesting wrestling mind who is backyarding for years and then he was just kind of uh like very much hidden on like northwest and canadian indies that weren't making tape until uh sites like iwtv came along Mm -hmm. and then like obviously you got more of a big like big push you know like guys like dylan hales were always kind of preaching the gospel of daniel mccabe also fkwabt wrestler of the year 2018 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and yeah so it's sad that like the mo that he is like doing this retirement tour and it just feels so soon after he was finally getting his flowers Mm -hmm. but you're appreciative to the point where at least he is finally getting his flowers as someone who was an unsung hero on uh, shows that weren't making tape or only uh, were like you really had to be in the YouTube minds for US indies to have seen uh, so it's it's great to see him like get his shine and yeah i've got i don't have too much more uh other than what tanner had to say he had just was bringing was bringing it and making everyone look good and putting people over as he as he made his way out of the ring and it's he 
he's definitely going to be missed once when he's gone because like he he is such an interesting presence and such a fun guy to root for. Yeah, I hope every I like I mean it's already been announced that he's wrestling at Dean in Philadelphia. I I hope promotions have smartened up and they're like oh, we should probably book him. <laughs> like they're like cuz I mean like last year he wrestled in Tyrone, Georgia. He wrestled in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and then the whole rest of the year he was in Oregon, Washington, and Vancouver. Yeah. Like the you know, so the fact that in on this retirement tour like he's coming to the east coast for the last time like i I hope people appreciate that and uh give him some like really sick opponents yeah yeah i i haven't watched uh any of his 2023 matches but he he is one guy i always go back and make sure i catch up on uh because like you said it's the same yeah same sort of thing as gintaro or brian danielson or guys like that that just you know just every it's not just him hitting spots it's it's a match in and of itself that like you, you'll see it and you is afterwards you're like oh he hit his spots here here and there but as it's happening it's so organic and it just you know everything fits together to to tell a you know cohesive you know logical story from start to finish and and i i mean there's just not many guys like that in in wrestling Mm-mm. So, no, um, totally. yeah he's gonna be missed yeah, to- totally agree. If I had to point to one match to watch, I would recommend the Adam Priest action title match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam, we're not going to talk about him here because I-, I don't think he's really a sleeper per se. But Adam Priest, I think, is probably the best wrestler on the indies at the moment. Um, and that that match is just so fucking smartly worked. And it's <laughs> so funny, too, because like Bakabe is like as over as like a hometown guy in at this family friendly show in Tyrone, Georgia, as he is in Vancouver. Like it kind of blows my mind. Um, but yeah, it's, it's he's, he's a ton of fun. And again, another, another one of those guys, I, I can't say enough nice things about, but uh, yeah, but go, go, go. Watch. He actually did a thread. I think of like his favorite matches from last year. And I want to say like almost all of his matches <laughs> that, that he wrestled. Uh, were a part of that, but yeah, I'm in uh, seeking out the Makabe stuff. Uh, if you, if that, if maybe you haven't watched him in a few years, I, I would recommend going out of your way to watching some of that. All right, uh, I'm gonna kind of go for a two for one for my next. Uh, my next pick, uh, because most of their matches, they are teaming together. Uh, Ciclope and Miedo Extremo. Hell yeah. Uh, but with a special highlight as Miedo Extremo as a guy who I voted very highly on my ballot. In, in fact, he was top 10 and uh, Ciclope wasn't far behind, but Miedo Extremo just had... Uh, the the edge when it came to singles work, uh, but they're they're two guys who can work, uh, the Yave style when they're booked there, but they're primarily known 
as hardcore tag wrestlers and they're two of the best in the business when it comes to that like if you if you see them in a match against uh poor Kate's extrema or uh like mance warner and matthew justice or something like that you know you're going to get some good hardcore uh but Miedo Extremo especially had a phenomenal match against Sadika in Zona 23. Uh, like he can he can hang there with like Mike Bailey and guys like like that as just a fantastic base for uh, high impact offense and like they work a lot of like gcw obviously and i don't like i know we we hyped them uh in the in the award show uh for the fk bts uh but i it still feels like for as like as big of a presence they are on the indies at this point and in multiple scenes and they'll work japan and they like do plenty of stuff in back in mexico uh when they're not work work, when they're not working gcw for a weekend it just feels like no one is ever talking enough about miedo extremo and ciclope uh which is a shame because they are incredibly versatile workers and uh, they'll bleed buckets, they'll trade holds, they'll do whatever they have to do, and you know you're getting something good. Uh, so I, I just wanted to highlight them as, and it's like, hey, maybe you, you, you might have seen like a couple of their tag matches, but uh, if you're if you're doing some last minute research to making your your uh, violent people 100 list you should like think like maybe go back on their cage match profiles and check out the gcw shows that you haven't seen uh because like chances are if they worked if they worked a show it's one of the highlights of the show yep uh, they were the highlight of the Huntsville show. I, I, I actually mentioned it in the Discord earlier. They had a match with East West Express, who I'm not like particularly high on. And they worked like, I don't want to call it a death match, but it was definitely like a extreme rules match. Um, they just do a bunch of crazy shit, a bunch of doors breaking. But Chris, you actually put me on, and I think we actually talked about it on an episode of Muscle Orchestra, Mito Extremo against Mike Bailey. Yeah. Um, at I, I want to say it was Jimmy Lloyd's birthday show, maybe? Yeah, in February. Yeah, in February. It, that match fucking rocks. Like, I... That really woke me up to, like, oh, man, like, Medio Extremo is actually, like, really fucking good. Like, on his, it's not just, like, a fun tag, you know, like, hardcore tag guy. Um, Because him and Bailey have, like, a really fucking great match with each other. And, yeah, the Sadika match, as you mentioned. But, yeah, they... I mean, they there's a reason that we thought so highly of them uh as a tag team because they just they were the bright spot in gcw i think all year they were i mean probably my favorite act in gcw all year to be honest 
Yeah, uh, and that Mike Bailey match was only worked like a couple weeks after the Zona 23 uh, match with Sadiga. So that I think that really highlights just like what he can do. Like he can do this big Lucha Deathmatch draw and a couple weeks later go almost 20 minutes with the guy who's like the ace of uh the indies and tna like he he's the real deal and i don't like like i said like i don't think they get enough credit in general but i think especially miedo extremo does not get enough credit as a singles worker and what he can do and what he can bring yep come completely agree yeah there's a uh, we i i, I think Maybe I mentioned him, he was, but he was in some of those Wotan matches in Arena Lopez Mateos. Um, good stuff there. Uh, I didn't watch the GCW stuff, but yeah, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's fun because yeah, they the, the two of them lost Montezos. They bring just a really uh, a good energy and a good. I don't know. They had that um, that match against each other a couple years ago, two years ago or something, one on one, and it was really like a throwback to old like FMW style death matches and. They sort of, I mean, yeah, they don't, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm mistaken because I haven't seen a lot of their GCW stuff, but they they have this, uh, they do, they, they their death matches are always somewhat different. It's more based around just like gnarly bumps, right? Not yeah. so much light tubes, not, you know, glass or whatever. It's just, I'm going to throw somebody off of something and it's going to hurt them. Yep. Or, you know, and, and, and it's just a sort of different approach to it that, I feel like I don't see as much that, but I like it uh, coming from them. Yeah, it's they're always like they're always bringing that. Like I saw, I saw them live uh, at the GCW show SummerSlam weekend, and they were against Violence Is Forever, and uh, it was a show where the venue was ungodly hot, and the crowd just even by the start of the show was exhausted because of it. Uh, but like they didn't let that get to them. They were going to hate, like they weren't going to let any exhaustion get in the way of them just taking bumps, like beating the shit out of people, throwing, going like, putting people through tables going on like any of the high spots and like they they were one of the highlights of that weekend and seeing them live because the energy is just unreal from them yep that absolutely yeah i'd I, like again uh, january last january was the first time i'd ever seen them live and they're such a great live act too like i like john said they're not like I mean, they're not like traditional deathmatch guys. Like, I don't think of them as like particularly great bleeders. But yeah, there's like even again in the confines of a conference room in Huntsville, Alabama, like they got super over. There was actually at that GCW show, a little league hockey team came in right before the main event. And by the end of that show, the whole hockey team was like lined up to meet them at the end of the show. Like, oh, they that's just, so sick. They, they just made such an impression on them 
like, and they just like wandered into the show after their hockey game or whatever. And they were like screaming at the end of it. Like, and they were super over with like everybody in, in that room. And there was a good, uh, there was probably four or 500 people, um, 400 people in that room. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really fucking cool. Like, I, there's not a ton of guys I think truly have a presence on the on the indie scene right now, but like as far as like presence go, like they they have it and like they have the skills to back it up. Like it's definitely warranted. Uh, so my next pick is someone we just talked about briefly, Sadika. Uh, she sort of disappeared from the U.S. this year, but she was working IWRG a lot. Oddly enough, uh, which is not ideal because um, IWRG does not have the best women's division, but she still had some fun matches there, really uh, sort of just bullying and brutalizing uh, these poor women that are booked against her. Uh, she had a really fun match. It was her and Satanya versus Bengali and Sagittarius in, in September, and um, they 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 just beat the hell out of uh Bengali. It's really mean stuff. Uh she had that Miro Extremo match uh in in Zona twenty three and I think that was July. Uh the the highlight of her year was this match against La Rebel in Arena Lopez Mateos uh for Lucha Memes in, in October. They just you know, Sadika, what I love about her is is just this out of control feeling again, just sort of just you don't know what she, like we said, I don't think she has a plan. She just goes out there and, you know, looks for things to hit somebody with and, and will find them because they don't stay in the ring very long. And the La Rebel match, I, you know, they're, they're diving on top of people in the crowd. There's that, there's a spot where they smash a pane of glass, uh, right. Like the crowd's sitting right there. Like the guy eats it. It's really wild stuff. Um, she had a fun uh, bowl three-way chain match, which sounds awful on paper. Uh, well, she had one with Damus and Lina, Lunatic Extreme. That's pretty fun. But then, like, oh, two weeks later, she had one against Kira and Reina Obscura that worked a lot better. Um, and then the other highlight of her year, well, she has some other good matches. She she fought the uh, Porqueza a few times, and that was good stuff. But she fought Mary Apache, who from um, you know, who used to be in AAA and stuff. And so, you know, the thing with Sadika is is she's in IWRG. She's beating the hell out of these, you know, they're basically trainees, right? And she's really taking advantage of them, which is fine as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but Mary Apache's obviously not gonna take that. And it's one of these matches where, yeah, where you sort of get, you know, two people that are used to being the aggressor and used to beating the hell out of someone else who may or may not be allowed to fight back and they put them together and it just has this really, really, really mean, nasty strikes. Um, just, you know, the, the, I'm a guy who likes in wrestling. I look at like the flow of the match and the ebb and in, in, in the pacing of it. And, but then every once in a while a match like this comes along where it has no pacing. It has no flow. Because they're out there just brutalizing each other, and and, and it works just as well uh, when it is two people, you know, legitimately punching each other or whatever. So yeah, she had, like I said, several good matches throughout the year, but those those are the highlights right there. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize 
until like I'm looking at your list you have here, John. I I didn't realize that she didn't really work the U.S. last year at yeah. all. <laughs> like, and usually she'll work like a what's a loco wrestling? I think is in like South Texas. Um, yeah, work it like she had that hair match with Mickey Knuckles there a couple years ago and stuff. Mm-hmm. That that is fucking phenomenal. Like not from yeah. last year, but definitely go check that out if you haven't seen it. Yeah, but yeah, no, she uh. I guess she moved back to Mexico City or something because when she was living in Texas, I know that when I saw her um, at a show in in the bottom of Illinois. Yeah, because GCW was booking her for a little while there. Like she was getting booked pretty regularly with GCW. Yeah, and ICW. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I guess she, I, like I said, it. She moved back to Mexico or something. I think Mexico City. I should say she might have been living in North Mexico. I don't know. Well, hell yeah. Always always a big fan of Satika. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think who I want to highlight here next. I have a, I have a couple of guys, but I uh, I think next this is going to be a, kind of a combination of everybody I've highlighted so far. Um, this is somebody prior to last year I had never heard of. Uh and that's Ryan Davidson. Uh primarily a Texas guy. Um, in fact, looking at his cage match, he in the US, he exclusively worked in Texas and Louisiana last year, except he came in for the real world tag league and teamed with uh Cyrus in all Japan. And I came away from that tournament thinking he might have been the best guy in it. Like truly. Um first of all, the tag team with him and Cyrus was a ton of fun. Like I highly recommend checking out at literally every single one of their matches. Um, but just like, I guess to highlight one, uh, they, they work a match with, uh, Yuma Anzai and, uh, Riki Honda that it's a sprint. It goes like, God, three minutes. It's like on an outdoor show I'm looking at the venue at Shonen, uh, Fujisawa market special ring and Fujisawa, Kanakawa, Japan. Don't couldn't tell you where in Japan that even is. Um, but I think it's really cool for just like a guy that works exclusively in Texas to get this random all Japan tour. Um, but besides that, and we highlighted it a little in the FKWABTs, he worked like a, a this all star tag in New Texas Pro. It was Brian Keith, Gino Medina, and Mysterious Q um, against Natural Vibes, which is Big Boss Shimizu and uh, KZ. And, and Ryan Davidson was on that team. And that match is fucking awesome. I highly recommend seeking that out. But yeah, just just a really random guy to get like a full tour of all Japan. Like he I mean he he was in the real world tag league. Um and yeah, I just came away like really imp- impressed. Like prior to October, I did not know who this guy was. And then I, I think I watched that six man. And then I think a couple of weeks later, I see that he's working the real world tagging. I'm like, oh shit. And with Cyrus, who I really like from the champion carnival. Um, and he, he killed it. Like I said, I, he might've been the best overall wrestler per, or performer in the real world tag league. And yeah, it, he was fucking awesome. So highly, highly recommend like that whole little run he had there. And most of his tag matches in real world tag league, I'm looking at cage match. It looks like three of them went over ten minutes. So like you can you can definitely fit in a couple. 
Yeah, I'm not familiar with him at all, except I've probably seen him um, because I've watched, uh, you know, New Texas uh, Pro and Loco and stuff. And I'm wondering if I've seen him before. Um, but yeah, if, that is always. If you've watched New Texas, I would almost guarantee you've seen him, it looks like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, like literally, he he only worked Texas. He worked an NWA USA taping. And he worked Louisiana. And then he worked a full All Japan tour. <laughs> like it's such a weird year. Um, I just feel like there's no other person I think just worked like th- their hyper specific US indie space, and then also got to do like a whole Japan tour. Then I think that's really fucking cool. So yeah, and like I said, he was really good. He he's like a bigger dude. He works like a heavyweight, um, but also will like pop out like a fucking like cannonball senton from the top rope to the outside of the ring, which is awesome. Cause again, he is not a small guy by any means. Uh, but it, it's not in like the Brian cage way where you're like, uh, you should probably stick to just doing like heavyweight stuff. Like it comes across. You're like, Oh fuck. Cause he doesn't pop it out every match, but when he pops it out, it's like, Holy shit. Like that. Why is he doing that? <laughs> it's, it's really cool. Yeah, that Texas scene has been something of a revelation over the past few years. Uh, I mean, this guy, Brian Keith, obviously, Mysterious Q. You know, they had this healthy scene down there that, I don't know, just the rest of the country did not seem to know about. Yeah, like, uh, it, like it, it kind of, like, even Brian Keith, like, popping out at the end of last year, like, yeah. it's, like, super surprising. And, like, he gets a, he got a DDT tour. <laughs> like this yeah, year right. is working AEW fairly regularly. Uh, like he he worked like Roderick Strong, I yeah, a couple weeks ago. But yeah, that that Texas scene is definitely one to like keep an eye on. I I think going into twenty twenty four because there's just a lot of really good talent down there. Yeah, I wish. So you know, I'm in St. Louis, and St. Louis Anarchy has some ties to Texas. That's where like Thomas Shire came from, or something. And I don't know, it just kills me. Like, well, why can't the rest of these guys come up here? Except I guess it's a, you know, 10-hour car ride, so. Yeah, yeah, I I guess that's the thing about Texas, right? It's like, you can be in southern Texas, and, like, even just working in northern Texas is, like, eight hours. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. Chris. Uh, Yeah, uh, so I'm going to bring up a guy who... Towards the tail end, finally, uh, so he he has been a worker like on my radar. I know several friends of ours have been pushing him as someone who should be booked more and in more places on the indies, uh, and is finally seems to be getting that is Joshua Bishop. Yep. Uh who uh huge like AIW has been pushing him for years. He had that gnarly, gnarly Mania Weekend match in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Uh the submit or surrender match. Uh and, like great stuff with Tom Lawler and uh, Nick Gage and Mance Warren and like whoever they'd put and 
it was just like this dude should like why why is gcw not calling this this guy up why is icw not booking him because he Mm -hmm. is like he's from cleveland and enough ohio guys are sending vans to these other shows why is josh bishop not in these bands like in these vans he's so good yeah and he's just jacked as hell and like a lunatic an absolute lunatic and finally like this year icw no holds like he had great stuff in aiw with again lawler and mance warner and whoever else but like he finally started getting booked by like icw and uh, had some great stuff with cruel and uh, it's it it finally seems like josh bishop is getting the attention that the that the people who have been watching josh bishop have been like hoping and praying he got uh and that's that's really awesome and i hope that continues into the next year but yeah if you if you have only seen like the cruel matches which are just phenomenal like uh like main like main attraction deathmatch kind of stuff like beating the hell out of each other big big moves big offense two big guys uh maybe go back and check out the some of those aiw matches because he has been like he has been carrying that promotion on his back like they they have like they have other great wrestlers in aiw working regularly but joshua bishop has been the guy in that promotion and i hope he continues being the the guy going forward because he's so much fun to watch yeah 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 you you nailed it just one, one of those guys that like I feel like after the that match with Garini, it was just like, how is he not getting booked more? <laughs> like, what? Like, exactly. Like, like the AIW folks kind of take vans everywhere. Like every weekend, AIW, AIW doesn't run. It blows my mind that he's has not been popping up in more places for years now. At this point, yeah, I can't. I can't agree more. I haven't. I, I don't watch a lot of U.S. indie wrestling that I don't go to, but Josh Bishop has always been just, yeah, very curious why he doesn't leave that sort of, you know, like two-hour radius of, of Cleveland or wherever he works all the time, right? Um, yeah. But I guess I, he's in Mel W now, so. Well, and I what... think the, the Hoodfoot match, was that this year already, or was that the telling the last year? Am I thinking of even the right guy? <laughs> but uh, ho- hopefully, like twenty twenty four is the year he's like getting. Now I'm going to double check myself because I really feel like he wrestled. He said Hoodfoot. he had a match with Hoodfoot in GCW uh, on the thirteenth. So yeah, that was his oh year. okay. So yeah, so maybe that's like a sign of things to come, and then hopefully, like ICW no holds barred, like definitely. Definitely books him some more this year. Yeah, you do better or something. Yeah, like Josh Bishop, like like Chris was saying, he 
he's got an amazing look, amazing, uh, just, you know, in, insanity, you know, like just oozing out of his pores. Uh, he can be a top guy in any Andy Fed in the country. Yeah. Uh, and has a not- look unlike any, I mean, honestly, unlike anybody else. I mean, he looks like fucking Sid Vicious. <laughs> yeah. But he bumps yeah. like a fucking maniac. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I can't agree. I, I, I haven't watched, you know, I don't watch a lot of US indie wrestling, but yeah, you can't go wrong with Josh Bishop. He's definitely one to check out uh, whenever, whenever you can. Uh, so my, I guess the next guy I'll, I'll say is another uh, Yahweh's guy, uh, Judas El Trader. Uh, he has been a longtime staple of Coliseo Colcaco in, in Mexico City. Um, just another guy that just, you know, just goes out there, uh, puts together these these really well thought out matches. You know, a lot of back and forth stuff, a lot of grinding limbs down and stuff like that. Um he had a really good match with Obvious Man in in Arena Nalcapan in September. Uh, he had a really good match with Roy Reyes, who we mentioned earlier uh, in in November. He sort of it was sort of different from the Obvious Man one. Uh, he, it was more Obvious Man was more evenly worked. This this was really Judas like sort of you know showing up this old guy that decided to show up for a match. Uh, but his the best match he had this year I don't know there was a um. A match with Cyber in September and Lucha Memes that was really it was kind of short but really mean and nasty Yaves. Uh it was on this show that was a no rope show, uh, for some reason. And it was yeah, it was, they just went out there and just you know, sort of UW more a little bit more like UWF style ring work, like a little bit uh a little bit more shootier than than your other traditional Yaves matches, but it was really good stuff. And then uh but my favorite match of his this year was with Arrowboy uh, for Lucha Memes back in in March, and phenomenal match. Yeah, they they start off with the obvious stuff, but then just start just beating the hell out of each other. Like you know, they said, "All right, enough of this." You know, showing you know what we learned in school, like because Arrowboy is a you know somewhat of a deathmatch guy, and yeah, they just go out there and beat the hell out of each other for that third fall. Really, really good stuff. And 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 Judas can sort of he does that a little bit both. You know the. Yahweh stuff, and then the more sort of, um, you know, just stiff, working stiff and strikes and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, he had another good year. He always has a solid year, but he had those, those matches in particular were, were are definitely worth checking out from, from last year. Hell yeah. Um, man, I'm, I'm really. Yeah, I, I think maybe one more go around. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Yeah, pro- probably one more go around. I, I'm going to highlight somebody. It kind of goes against the spirit of this show, but it, it, for me, he's one of like my all-time favorite guys, and I feel like he's kind of went under the radar the last couple of years. And I'm going to say him, and people are going to be like, "Oh my, how are you going to say a WWE guy?" But I, I got to give a shout out to fucking Sheamus. Last year, uh, I hasn't re- didn't wrestle after uh, August after that Edge match. Which, by the way, is maybe best Edge match since Edge came back. Like, it's extremely sick. Um, Edge's farewell match from WWE. But, like, Sheamus, I think, just had a really fucking solid year. Um, 
like started the year teaming with Drew McIntyre and just worked, had a great match with the Usos, had a fun little series with uh, the Viking Raiders. Uh, the triple threat match from WrestleMania with Gunther and Drew McIntyre was really good. He had a like a draw against Drew McIntyre that was good. And then they kind of saddle him with Austin Theory. And, you know, that shit sucks because Austin Theory sucks. But like Sheamus makes it at least watchable. Sorry. Still recovering from strep, but um, at least makes it watchable. And yeah, Seamus to me is like one of the all time TV wrestlers. And last year was still a really good year for him. I mean, definitely not like a top 10 or top 15 guy, but definitely somebody, especially if you're filling out a hundred person ballot, like very easily slots into that like 50, 60, 70 range because everything he was in last year was really fucking good. Yeah, I mean, I I won't I won't get on your case too much because like, I I do think our our circles tend to uh, hail Sheamus as one of the best uh, WWE workers of the past, however long. Yeah, uh, but like outside of the three way uh, at Mania, I this was probably Seamus's least heralded year for a minute, partially because he did get hurt Mm -hmm. and he did like, he was just out of it, out of it for a while. And he was settled with theory. Uh, but I mean, uh, I guess, I guess shame, like, as, as far as I can tell, like of the WWE guys getting, getting praised this year, Seamus is like, he, he isn't getting, kind of on the level of the hype of a uh, McIntyre or a uh, Gunther. So I, I can't be too mad at that. Yeah. I mean, and like a bad Seamus year is still really good and not saying that this was a bad Seamus year, it just kind of cut short. Like, I mean, he worked two thirds of the year and again, half of like three months of that is with Austin theory. So like, I don't want to, and he, he did make those extremely, you know, watchable. I didn't watch all of them. I won't lie. But just, especially the tag stuff with McIntyre at the beginning of the year leading up to Mania, like that whole feud, mini feud going on was like really good. They had a ton of really solid tag matches together. Um, it was really like a high spot of the of the especially, you know, SmackDown for the, the first quarter of the year. So and that edge match is real. That edge match goes almost 20 fucking minutes and it is a thousand times better than it has any right to be. Like I said, I think it's probably the best post comeback edge match. Um, yeah, I I never watched that because I I hate Edge's <laughs> comeback run. So I just like even seeing him against Sheamus, I was um just like, well, Edge like Edge had a match with AJ Styles like 2 years ago and it sucked. So like Yeah. So we, we like that. was that SummerSlam? Or was it on TV? The, uh, the, the Edge match? match is just on SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, or Seamus Edge is yeah, it's just on a random SmackDown. Okay. Yeah, that um, triple threat at WrestleMania though. That that I mean, that's one of the best matches of the year, uh, of twenty twenty three. That I don't know. There's some about I, I hate triple threat matches, but WWE usually lays them out, out really well and then that one they did that and it's just those three dudes just beating the hell out of each other for fifteen minutes. It that you know. Yeah, 
and, and that match is even cooler just that they did it in an open air arena or stadium oh, in front of 65,000 people <laughs> like <laughs> and like there, there's people I know that had like were not sitting super close and I'm like yeah that match was fucking loud they were beating the shit out of each other <laughs> yeah All right, uh, my my last one. I I don't know if I have to go, uh, like too hard on this, uh, because we we have talked about them plenty uh, on this podcast before. Uh, but pig, like poor Kate's uh, extrema, and I guess specifically Pig Destroyer as uh, the guy who's probably going to end up highest on a list. Because uh, he's in the most matches, he's got most of the like hot. Like he'll be the singles match in the four way brawl with various with your Doctor Wagner Junior. Your uh, Wotan type, uh, but like just a great year watching. Uh, like you see them on a Zona show or the occasional like when they're working in IWRG trios yep. uh, or a banquet hall. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. Or if you're if you're in the depths and you're seeing them working, working the banquet hall, hall brawl is just like they bring kind of what we've talked about with your Wotans and your Sedekas, your chaotic energy. And, uh, like, you, like, sometimes they'll work, a, like, a more traditional trios match, but, like, when uh, Poor Kate's Extrema is going, like, full out for a match, they are going to just bring some destruction, and there's going to be tape, like, people might go through tables or tables are just going to be straight thrown at someone's face and it's going to be awesome like like I know I know John has been someone who has been voting for uh the pigs in in these polls and I've seen like a little bit of it but this was like the first year that they were like on my radar on the same level as like the Judas Ultradors and the uh, obvious Mons and the Wotans. And as like when this drops on like what, uh, like Roy, like, like any, any YouTube channel that is uploading Lucha when it drops, I am going to check it out. Yep. Yeah. John's the one that put me on the pigs. Like, full disclosure and it's probably my favorite wrestling discovery of 2023 where it was uh request extrema yeah they 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 showed up at the end of 2022 but uh this was the year of the pigs uh there's no one else out there doing it like they do and like if if anyone's listening that hasn't seen them i mean it's like three or four well it's three fat dudes with these like gross monster demonic pig masks uh and they just yeah they just go out there and brawl around it's it, it's you know it's nothing life-changing but it's solid work every time you know what you're getting 
they can work a more comedy match or a more, you know, violent one. Um, I don't know. And they just work well as a team because I, who is it like? I mean, it's like Corsario Negro or somebody, right? I mean, there's not that many dudes this big. So, like, it shouldn't be that hard to figure out who they are, but I don't know. I think they're legit pigs. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, they're shoot pegs. Yeah, they're just and, and you know now, now there's the uh there's the rhinos too. So they're, they're not I've only seen them twice and it wasn't as uh, uh they're missing something. The they're missing a match with the pigs. I can tell you what it is. Uh the pigs did have uh good matches with uh Sadika once or twice in IWRG. Um my favorite match of theirs this year was against the the Pandemoniums who are the, I think they're the trios champs in IWRG, uh, Grand Pandemonium, EO Day Pandemonium, and Pandemonium Junior. This was actually four versus four. For all four of the pigs, uh, EO Day Canis Lupus, who is not the one that's in Noah now, is a new EO Day Canis Lupus. I think it's Fly Warrior. Um, but anyway, that was a good one. Um, yeah, they had some good matches with like. Uh, the dramas and, and Fracero Jr., you know, Negocio Tramada. Uh, just, I mean, just any pig matches is, is fun. Yeah, they're they're just a group that, like, has a floor. It's going to be entertaining regardless. Like, it may not even be, like, an actual good wrestling match, but you're going to have, like, a good time watching it. Actually, right before we hopped on, I was watching um, their first match seemingly of this year that dropped i'm i can't remember yeah i haven't watched it with and, and somebody yeah i haven't watched uh, it oh no i mean okay see i didn't even watch that match this was oh. they wrestled uh trauma 2 atomic star triano and demonio infernal um and arena lopez mateos it's the same show as wotan trauma uh and i watched that and my wife came downstairs she goes what she goes what the fuck are you watching and i go it's it's the pigs. Come on. It's yeah, that pigs. one was because uh, Trauma 2 was doing like Mystico style spots, you know, because he's in there with whichever big old pig. And so he gets to do like, you know, Hurricane Ronas around him and stuff like that. That was a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, right. I don't have anyone else, Uh, you know, watch Solar, watch, oh, Day Moose, obviously, but I think he gets known but uh yeah the pigs that's what i mean they're not gonna be a top 10 you know wrestlers but definitely you know somewhere in the middle of a ballot is a solid spot i don't know pig destroyer is gonna be pretty high on mine i don't know if it's gonna be top 10 but it's definitely gonna be very high first half i all every pig is gonna make my ballot yes there's not a bad one no there no, there's no, no bad, bad pigs you got Decapitator, you got Pig Destroyer, Pig Destructor, and Pig Pool? I mean, come on. Yeah, that's the skinny one, I think. Yeah, Pig Pig Pool's the, the small one who no one will ever truly know who he is. Because he, <laughs> he's just the size of every other Lucha guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, all right. I think we, uh, I think we did a good job. Hi I think we highlighted a good little selection of uh a wrestlers a little something for everybody uh john thank you for being the first guest ever in the history muscle orchestra oh um, well, thank you. no idea if you have anything to plug but if you do now is the time to do it or whatever no uh muscle orchestra violent people 
Hell yeah. You Thank know you. what? Awesome. <laughs> uh yeah, uh you mind if we like share the little uh the little guide to the wrestlers you talk about in the Yeah. No, go for it. Yeah, because John, yeah, he, John it, very helpful is the best spreadsheet in the game to me because it's like I, I watch a lot of wrestling and it was so funny. John today accidentally sent me his full 2023 sheet at first, which has like 400. Ma- he said he didn't watch a lot of wrestling last year. There's like 400 matches on it. And I was like, oh, brother's like ready to lock down. Like we're going to talk for six fucking hours. Um, But his spreadsheet's the best. But this little guide he made of like his sleeper picks is so essential, I think, because th- there's YouTube links to yeah. like o- almost all of this stuff. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely link that in the yeah, in and I put that tab on there too. We didn't talk about it, but we'll be briefly. But CMLL, I think they had a good year. Like, there's some good CMLL out there from last year. Uh, do you know if 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 we all had more time, I'd definitely watch more of it. But um, absolutely. Uh, well, Chris, do you have anything to plug? Uh, no. I mean, hopefully the day uh, the day this drops. Uh, so Wednesday the 31st hopefully I will have my first uh, like little lucha guide of uh, the best matches I've seen uh, from January so far on Violent People Uh, so check that out I will be talking about some matches that were alluded to uh, in the last hour and a half or so Uh, and I will have YouTube links to the stuff that's on YouTube. Uh, so check that out. Hell yeah. Um, well, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, again, if you haven't been to violentpeople.co yet, don't know what the fuck you're doing. Go check it out. Everybody in town's talking about it. Join the uh, Discord. Join the Discord. We have like 60 people in the Discord. It's actually like, I like, I'm not. Like, I wasn't super big on Discord. Like, I always use it to record podcasts. But now I'm like, I don't think I need to use Twitter as much <laughs> just because the Discord's, like, been popping so much. So that's been really cool. Um, If you're listening to this on the day of release or even the day after, uh, Thursday, February 1st, I'm doing a little wrestling watching party on my Twitch, twitch.tv slash Tanner14 spelled out. Um. We're going to be watching some cool stuff. I got a Keita Yano, a great Zako match for us to watch. Uh, we're going to watch like Sting Vader, um, Kakihara Nakano from 92, the the nose break match. We're going to be watching some sick stuff. Um, so definitely come out and watch that if you're around. And uh, yeah, just su- support violent people. Go read all the pieces we have up so far. Um, Dan Rice has been killing it. Uh, we have a great piece from Alex at Noah Savior. You can check out. Chris is going to have his uh, Lucha piece out, hopefully, the day this releases. Um, God, go read everything on the site. Maybe go twice. vote. Go vote in the Violent People 100. If yeah, you're, go vote uh, in the Violent if People you're, If you're in line, stay in line. You've got until <laughs> uh, March. Uh, so there's a lot of time in line. Uh, to go and do your civic vote duty and vote in the Violent People 100. Yeah, if you're in line, your ballot will be counted. So definitely 
uh do it well john again thank you so much for coming hopefully this year is going to be the year that chris and i actually do an episode of muscle orchestra at least one a month uh so this one sneaking in there at the very end but uh hopefully we're going to be able to put out an episode a month we have some cool ideas in the in the well you know we're cooking let's let's just say that uh we hopefully next one we'll be talking about uh the goat the stinger hell yeah so look out for that yep we'll be uh we'll be doing a little sting episode in february if everything lines up correctly but yeah if uh if no one else has anything else to say uh thank you for listening to muscle orchestra and we'll catch you next time